I'm Maida Getman, and welcome to Infertility Crossroads. I'm a mom to donor-conceived twins, and I went through eight rounds of fertility treatment before finally becoming pregnant with my two girls. I'm also a donor conception coach and founder of The Donor Downlow, a self-paced online program for people who are at the crossroads of donor conception and wondering which path is right for them. Perhaps you're like me, you thought having a baby would be easy, yet here you are every day, week, and month having to make big, scary, and radical decisions about what your future might look like. I call it the infertility crossroads. Whether you're just getting started on your fertility journey, have been trying for years, or are headed down an alternative path, you are welcome here. Join me each week where I will walk alongside you through all the infertility crossroads. Let's dive in. Hello, welcome back to Infertility Crossroads. I'm your host, Maida Getman. Today I'm excited to be talking about some things that I would have done differently if I had started my fertility journey over again. I'm excited to share these things with you. One, because they're all things I wish I had known when I was starting down my journey to becoming a parent. But two, I think they're all things we kind of inherently already know, but it's really good to just get a reminder of what those things are. So let's jump into the five things that I wish I had known or had done differently on my infertility journey. Number one is I would have started the process sooner. And what I mean by that is I would have gone in and had preconception meeting with my OB. I would have thought about the possibility of it maybe not being as easy as I thought it was going to be. You know, here's the thing. Hindsight is always twenty twenty. It's always easy to look back with information that we have and go, oh, I should have done this differently or I should have done that differently. I think it's also really good because we can learn from each other's mistakes. Had I started earlier, I would have gone in and done a preconception meeting. Now, these exist. You can call your OB's office and you can say, hey, my partner and I, or I'm thinking about starting a family and I want to meet with my doctor to talk about what and what I need to know. So what do you need to know? Well, you got to talk to your doctor about your own personal situation. How old are you? Do you have any other diagnoses that could be impacting your fertility? Maybe you have PCOS or you have another condition that might impact your fertility. You can talk about your partner and your partner's age and any risk factors that they may have or you too. Um, in terms of medical conditions. The other thing that I would also highly recommend is talking about some baseline testing. So it's always good to know from a female perspective, what's your AMH? What's your FSH? What are your estrogen levels at different points in your cycle? A lot of times our providers, we just assume that everything's working, but we don't really ever have a baseline of information. And so you can ask your provider what they recommend for that. Um, They might be willing to run some blood tests for you to see where your levels are, especially if you have specific concerns, you can ask them to do that. For the guys, it might be a sperm analysis, checking things from their perspective if you have concerns or you're worried. You know, the other thing to mention is that 
we sometimes we have to pay for these things out of pocket, but if you're willing to pay a little bit of money and your provider's willing to work with you, it can be worth having the information. Again, just as a, a clarification, I'm not a doctor, I'm not a medical provider. This is just my own personal opinion and experience. So please, please, please consult with your provider. And if you don't feel like you have a provider that you can consult on these topics with, then try to find one who you can because it's really important to have that strong um, medical care team behind you and supporting you and what you need. The last thing I would say under this topic of start sooner could probably almost be its own topic, but I would have started advocating for my myself sooner. And what I mean by that is I would have asked more questions. You don't know what you don't know. And you probably shockingly don't know a lot about your fertility or how fertility works. Because at least when I was in school, we learned very little about that process. It's always okay to ask questions. It's always okay to keep asking questions until you feel like you have the answer and you feel comfortable with what those answers are. That's what your providers are there for. That is part of their job. And that is part of the education that they can give you so that not only do you have information, but you understand what that information means. Okay, number two is do research in the right places. And I say right with a lot of emphasis. There are a lot of places to research. And I personally thought that Google was going to be my best place to do some of that research. And so I went and started typing in stuff like IVF success. How do I have a baby? Why isn't this working for me? And thousands, millions, kajillions of results come up some which are medically based and sound, others that are not. It can be really hard and overwhelming to to weed through all of those different options. So here's a couple places that I recommend to do some research so that you can really be getting quality, solid, scientifically based information about your own situation or something that you're considering. So the first place is Resolve. Resolve is the National Infertility Association in the United States. Their website has tons of information around Infertility 101 to all different types of ways that you can build your family and the different options that are out there. Resolve also has some amazing support groups and events that you can attend where you can meet other people going through the same experience you are. But Resolve is a great place. The other thing I love about Resolve and their website and their information is that the information is written in a way that's easily consumable. So a lot of this, the information that we find online is medical studies or things that, to be honest, are kind of hard to read um, because they're more scientific. And I love how Resolve has used the science and the information that's out there and they've put it into a format that's really easy to read and consume. Other place to go, some big clinics Um, They've got blogs that have a lot of great information on them. So clinics like CCRM or CNY have great blog posts that are written by their providers on all different topics. And then the other place I would say is ASRM, which is the American Society for Reproductive Medicine. They've got a great resource called Reproductive Facts. It's got a lot of great research and information on it. This information is more science, um, like geared towards the scientific community. So it's a little more technical in terms of reading and stuff like that, but it has some really great information and it is also accessible. 
I'm going to link all of these resources in the show notes. So if you want to go check them out for yourself, please go and do that. Number three, I would connect with community faster. It took me a very long time to admit that I was struggling with infertility. In fact, I personally didn't even use the word infertile or think that I quote unquote had infertility until our third IVF failed. For me, it was something that I just really struggled identifying with. I think it's because I felt really alone and isolated and I didn't have any community or people around me who were going through the same thing. I kind of just thought I was having a hard time. I didn't really share with anyone what was going on and so I didn't know anyone else who was struggling. As soon as I connected in with one or two people through uh, my support group that I was in and then eventually finding folks on Instagram and stuff like that, I realized how not alone I was. So although I didn't have people immediately around me necessarily who were struggling with infertility and it felt like no one else understood or was going through what I was, there's actually such a huge community of people out there who are sharing their stories and that can really help feel less alone, help you feel less alone. So I would say go on to Instagram, find people by using hashtags or things like that to search for people who may have a similar story to you. Connect with them, send them a message. I'm sure they would love to meet you and get to know you and help you see that you you probably have a lot of things that are very similar. Join a local support group. Like I mentioned earlier, Resolve has support groups on their website. That link is in the show notes. But join a support group. There there's so many that are being offered right now, both in person and virtually. And it's a great way to connect with other people. And then the last thing I would say is join an online program. There's so many programs out there from different coaches and different people who are providing intentional communities based off of specific topics to really help people connect and learn more about their specific situation. So I have a program like that for people who um, donor conception might be the path for them, but there's so many others out there that are available to you and will help you get connected to people. Number four is share more openly about my struggle. So this one might be the hardest to admit for me and in the moments of struggle and when we're really deep in in our fertility journey, this one might be the hardest one to actually implement, but it can also be one of the most freeing. When I was in my process, I felt really scared, ashamed, I was exhausted. And then I found when I did start to share with some people, I felt like the responsibility to educate them about infertility and about fertility and why things weren't working and all of that fell on my shoulders. And a lot of times that felt like more of a burden to me than just suffering in silence. But here's the thing. Humans are meant for and built for connection with others. And our close friends and family are the people that we want to walk with us through all aspects of life. So think about this. Think about a time when a friend or a family member shared something with you that they were going through. Maybe it was a struggle in a relationship, a challenge with a job. Maybe it was a hard thing they were feeling or experiencing. How did you feel about being the recipient of that information? You probably felt trusted, honored, close to your friend or family member, grateful that they were willing to share that struggle with you. 
This is how your close friends or fa- and or family feel when you share with them about your infertility. If the idea of sharing your story with someone in your life feels really scary, that's totally normal. It's a, it can be so much easier to keep it to ourselves. But I would really encourage you to pick one or two people to share with. It doesn't have to be everyone. It doesn't have to be every detail. But slowly letting people into your life will help you be able to not carry this full burden by yourself. The other piece that I want to say about this is when you do finally get pregnant, when you do get that positive pregnancy test and you are so excited to share that news, the people who have been along this really long journey with you are going to be so excited for you because they have been brought along on the journey. And those people are the ones that you're going to want to celebrate hardcore with because they're the ones who are going to understand this isn't just, oh, I'm pregnant. Isn't that great? This is I have been working effing hard for a really long time to get to this point, and I am so happy that this happened. I want you to celebrate that, that with me, not just that you're going to be having a baby. Last but not least, number five is get a coach. I truly believe that when you're going through infertility, you need a care team. You need a team of people around you who can support you, and who can help you. Your medical provider is a huge part of that care team. A therapist or a mental health professional is another huge part of that care team. But a coach is also and can be a really great add to your care team. What a coach can do is they can help you navigate different processes, help you figure out what questions you need to ask, help you know the information that you don't know but should know, A lot of times coaches like myself have been there. We have gone through it. We are a couple steps ahead so we can help you navigate and help you figure out the different steps you need to take, hopefully in a quicker way than by making the mistakes that we have made. There's so many amazing people out there who are coaches supporting people through all different aspects of their fertility journey. There's people who can help prep for pregnancy, There's people who are helping you with your mindset. There's people like me who work with couples or women or families who are going to use donor conception. Our job is to be there to help you, support you, walk alongside you, and to help you navigate all the aspects of this path to becoming a parent. And we would love to do it. If you are looking for a coach on a specific topic, feel free to reach out to me on Instagram. I would be more than happy to give you some recommendations of people So as we wrap up today's episode, I want to remind you of one thing. Hindsight is 2020. The more information that you get, the more educated you are, and the more you are able to make decisions in maybe different ways. It's not fair to look back and beat yourself up or blame yourself for not making different decisions or doing things differently because you didn't have the information. I know that I have struggled with that to say, well, if I had known XYZ, I would have done this differently and now I'm here and I wish I wasn't and kind of go through that spiral of beating myself up. And I just want to give you some encouragement to say, it's okay to look back and go, man, I would have made a different decision if I had had this information. But then what you got to do is take that information and just move forward in the best way that you possibly can. 
Thank you so much for joining me today on the Infertility Crossroads podcast. I hope that you were able to glean some great knowledge and information about some of the things that I would have done differently on my fertility journey. I am thrilled that you were here and I will see you next time. Before you go, I have a few things I want to share with you. Continue the conversation with me on my Instagram page at Maida Getman. I love connecting with people and I would love for you to join me there at M-E-T-A-G-E-T-M-A-N on Instagram. If you just learned that using a donor might be your path to becoming a parent, or if you have an inkling that donor conception is the path for you, head to my website, www.medagetman.com slash podcast and download my free PDF donor decision guide. This resource is packed full of questions to consider if you are even thinking about using a donor. That's metagetman.com slash podcast. Lastly, I am not a doctor, a psychologist, a nutritionist, or a professional in the area of fertility. I am a person who has gone through infertility, has learned a lot along the way, and wants to share my learnings with you. Please do not substitute what you hear on the show for professional advice. That's what the pros are for. If you want to learn more about my terms and conditions, go to my website, MaidaGetman.com.